where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. I want to also offer a special welcome to any visitors and guests who are with us this morning, and a welcome back to those who haven't been here for a while. It's good to see your faces. Even your masked faces are good to see. So it's officially not yet summer, but summer break, isn't it? And while there are still important matters to tend to and work to be done, this is also an important time for renewal. And we need to be mindful of the balance of the two. Um, I know that teachers right now are in a process of still just sort of letting go of the year, as maybe students are as well. And maybe there are plans for summer travel and summer visits. And I pray that those times are renewing. And I wish I had thought of this sooner, but uh, despite sort of the mellow feel of the room, this would have been a great Sunday for a dance party. <laughs> and if we remember this, we should probably try it next year. Because this Sunday, you know, the Sunday following Pentecost is a Sunday where we celebrate um, the Trinity, which is not something we're really going to spend a lot of time on this morning. If you're not sure what I mean by the Trinity, I just mean sort of that, that inclusive spectrum of God, the three in one. And this morning we're going to take a look at wisdom, which really is more of the personification of the Holy Spirit. And who, in the book of Proverbs, is noted as God's workmate in creation. So let's hear just a few of these verses from Proverbs. Um, yeah, period. Chapter 8. Verse 22. And this is wisdom's part in creation. God created me at the beginning, the first of God's many acts long ago. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains, had been shaped before the hills, I was brought forth. When God had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil, when God established the heavens, I was there. When God drew a circle on the face of the deep, made firm the skies above, established the fountains of the deep, assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress God's command, I was beside him like a master worker. And I was daily God's delight, rejoicing before God, always rejoicing in God's inhabited world, 
and delighting in the human race. And that's what made me think a dance party would be kind of cool, right? God's delight. Now, to be clear, you know, works of justice and mercy are certainly God's delight. In fact, they're God's command. But also God's delight, I think, are laughter and play and picnics and reunions and dancing and singing. And as I look at the Roskis family, I feel like I also have to say ice cream. Um, and I look around at some of you with some of the things that you're posting on social media and some of the ways that you are finding balance and enjoying the gift of life. And so wisdom's credentials, as they're listed in the book of Proverbs, it's like, okay, you were there. That's awesome. You are a co-worker of God, for sure. So where do we find you? Where can we find you? And so we return to the book of Proverbs. And under the gift of wisdom, we hear, does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right, for my mouth will utter truth. So wisdom can be found and heard at the crossroads, beside the gates in front of town, or at the entrance of the portals. Places of transition is where wisdom is crying out. Consider all the people that are feeling drawn to and moved toward border crossings moving away from violence and war and poverty and national, national, natural pardon me, disasters, moving away from that and toward a different life, a new life. Or perhaps wisdom is also at the point and the transition, the liminal moments of making important and hard decisions. <laughs> not that border crossing is not a difficult and hard decision, but questions about relationships and the life cycle of a relationship. Questions about work and education, even about church communities. The question of where will your heart and spirit feel most alive and most at home? Does it require that you walk away from something and towards something with wisdom at the portal beckoning you to life and to places of God's delight? What makes your heart sing and dance is a question of God's delight. So many big decisions have been made in the last couple of years. Think about your own life and the lives of those that you know. 
where circumstances and conditions way beyond our control have led to an examination of the possibility of something new and different. To let go of what wasn't working. That felt out of sync with your spirit. One of the messages of Pentecost that we celebrated last week is that you cannot contain the Spirit. And throughout the Gospels and the book of Acts, folks just like us were wrestling with the Spirit constantly. They were proclaiming the Spirit and defending the Spirit. This is God's Spirit at work. We must do this. Listen. But they were also resisting and denying the Spirit. It can't possibly be that these people are included too. It can't possibly be that this is okay, changing this dietary law. How could this possibly be okay? And to resist the spirit of wisdom, to resist the spirit is to resist life itself. How many times have you resisted life? It can't possibly be. And there are plenty of examples where restriction and containment ruled the day. Where we hear difference as wrong. So are there any left-handed people here? Yeah, not many. It's estimated that about 10% of the population are left-handed, but do you remember when people who were left-handed were retrained? to write with their right hand? Yeah, what? And not just that, but the whole narrative that grew up around that about mental illness and about, um, you know, forgive me, but about it being the sign of not God. I can't even say it out loud because I don't want someone to just jump in and hear that phrase, but all the bad stuff that was put around that to justify retraining someone who was naturally left-handed to be right-handed. It's ridiculous. And it was the way it was. A regular practice. So we have difference as wrong, we have difference as illegal. What about interracial marriage? And I'm bringing that up specifically today because today is Loving Day. Yeah, Loving Day is uh, the historic suit between Loving, which was someone's last name, which I think is pretty beautiful and amazing, and I think God's laughing, Loving versus the state of Virginia. And this was an interracial couple that were arrested for being married and the ACLU took up the case, and a ruling came down on June 12, 1967, out of the Supreme Court that um, interracial marriage is not illegal, so that everyone gets protection under the law. And this decision is what paved the way for marriage inclusion. 
And so we have, you know, a history, depending upon which generation you're in, you know, some of us have a much longer history of things that were considered okay that really were not okay. Things that were considered wrong that really had no place and no business being wrong. Things that were considered illegal that really had no place and no business being illegal. And so that's probably why it seems that some of the younger generation is a little more nimble in their thinking and their containers in some way are much larger. Because there's also another way where difference was seen as immoral. And that has to do with the LGBTQ um, reality and other realities too, but you see by our, by our bulletin cover and the fact that it's June, we're trying to celebrate pride in some way, shape, or form. And so today, as Loving Day, we also acknowledge that the courage that it takes for people, even still, to come out. For there to be a community and an ethos where you be you, I'll be me, and everything's okay. But there's still a threat of violence, of persecution. There's still a threat to laws being used against different communities. And as you see on our cover, there's even an adjustment to the historic symbol because the rainbow flag itself was not inclusive enough. And so again, it's a change. It's a necessary change. It's an important change. It's a change that adds, doesn't subtract. And I think that's what God's spirit does. I think that's what the spirit of wisdom does. It adds to the circle, to the community of what delights God. I mean, what delights God? To embrace the gift of life and to live fully and freely, to love with intention, to love through changing seasons, and to do no harm. What's true for me is not true for each of you. And what's true for you is not true for other people. There's a lot of creativity that goes into loving. And the challenges that relationships hold. And if we speak for for others in a way that condemns, um, we need to revisit that. Listen to what Proverbs says. And now, my children, this is the voice of wisdom again, listen to me. Happy are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Happy is the one who listens to me watching daily at my gates, 
waiting beside my doors. Again, those places of transition. For whoever finds me finds life and finds God's delight. But those who miss me injure themselves. They injure themselves and others injure as well. All who hate me love death. Glennon Doyle um, wrote a great book where she talked about containers and how we try to put each other in containers and say what's right and what's wrong. And how when someone comes out and they say, I, I don't fit in that container. And a, a common response is, well, I love you anyway. And she said, that's not good enough. Loving you anyway says you still, there's something wrong with you, but I'm going to love you. It's not I love you anyway. It's I love you. And she says, actually, we should clap and throw a party when people say things like that, when they are able to declare who they are, whatever it is. Whatever change in life it is, or whatever declaration of who a person sees themselves to be, let's throw a party. Let's not perpetuate the judgment of, well, I'll love you even though. No, that's not it. And so I know that some of you are, are wrestling with this and living this in your own life, and there are still a lot of containers that are causing harm. Um, but Mary and John Parsons have been living this, and they have prepared some remarks about the ongoing invitation of wisdom that is before us. So Marianne, come on up. And these, these remarks represent both. Maybe they'll both come up, I don't know. Whatever you want. Good morning. My name is Marion Parsons, and my pronouns are she and her. John and I have been allies of LGBT plus people for many years, in PFLAG, in our church's open and affirming decisions, and with many friends and a family member. This year, we have a new reason to celebrate Pride Month. One of our grandchildren has taken a new name, changing from Claire to Lee, and is now using the pronouns they and them. These changes represent Lee's understanding of themselves as a non-binary individual, a person not defined by feminine or masculine gender. We have had a lot to learn. We began by Googling non-binary, thanks to Ann Noonan for that very basic idea, and are still working on our understanding. We rather easily made the shift to using Lee's new name, but we have had more difficulty changing from the she, her pronouns we have been accustomed to and using the they, them pronouns that show our love and respect for Lee's unique self. We realize that using anyone's correct pronouns is important and not just some new fad. 
We are grateful that our church staff and council members make a point of identifying their pronouns so that we can all get used to this way of understanding each other more fully. Pastor Sarah has asked us to comment on what worries us for Lee and what gives us hope. Lee has just graduated from high school and will be going off to college in the fall. We worry that some people around them will not understand and respect them and will not want to learn what it means to be non-binary. Gender differences can be a significant source of bullying and non-acceptance. Life is never easy, and the world can be even harder for those with differences. We know that people with gender differences who are not well supported by their family and friends are at greater risk of self-harm or even suicide. And what gives us hope? Lee has a very supportive family and friends who stand up for them. And they have chosen a college with a tradition of welcoming a diverse faculty and student body. So we hope Lee will be warmly accepted there for the terrific person they are. And we have hope because we are not the only ones learning more about gender differences. People, especially younger people, are becoming more accepting of those who do not, do not fit in to the more usual gender definitions. But most of all, we have hope for Lee because of the self-understanding they have been developing over the past couple of years and because of the strength they have been demonstrating to us all. We love you, Lee. Lee has read this and says, I'm totally cool with you sharing my, some of my story with your church. We do love you, Lee. The best is yet to come. <laughs>